Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. Wanted to go over some of the financial plumbing as far as how the World Economic Forum, the global elite, or the central planners and authoritarians can get your house onto their balance sheet, <laughs> right? You'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Okay, well, if I own a house right now, how the heck is Klaus Schwab going to buy it from me? Let's go over some plumbing of the financial system. And I think you guys will understand how this might work moving forward, especially if we get a central bank digital currency, or the way I like to say it, the central bank ledger system and software. All right, let's shoot over to this quick little whiteboard I just did. And obviously I did not take my time on this like I normally do with my perfectly drawn out whiteboard videos. <laughs> I just wanted to do this to illustrate the point. Okay, so we start with a bank, a non-bank, and you right here, the average Joe. And we've got balance sheets like we always do. This is how the best way to understand the financial system and the plumbing is to do these, these little T assets on the left, liabilities on the right. So the bank, let's say, starts off with two deposits. On the liability side, that's a little money sign we've got. And one of those deposits is with a non-bank entity, and one is with you, the average Joe. Why do you have this deposit? Because the bank just gave you a loan to buy a house. Let's say it was a $500,000 loan. Okay, so now you've got the money in your account. Now, obviously, I didn't add the step where you buy the house, but uh, that's not really relevant. We'll assume that you buy the house. What matters is what happens to this thing on the liability side of your balance sheet. That would be your loan. And we have to remember that on your loan, if you default, in this case, it would go back to the bank. So the bank has a claim on your house. Okay. So moving on to the next step here. Oh, and I think I forgot. On the asset side of the bank's balance sheet, they have that loan that we're uh, referring to. So they're the lien holder. And they also have some bank reserves. We'll get into that in a moment. And that's what those are the two assets that back up or offset the two liabilities, which are just dollar deposits. Okay. Next step we got the bank, non bank, average Joe, who's starting to look a little suspicious, I think. <laughs> and the bank says, ah, you know what? We don't want this mortgage or loan on our balance sheet anymore. We're just going to go ahead and flip it to Fannie and Freddie, or maybe that's not a great example, but we'll flip it to a non-bank. I say they're not a great example because I think they have an account with the Fed, but I don't want to get too far in the weeds. We'll just assume that it's a non-bank that's buying that mortgage and that non-bank is going to take all of these mortgages from all over the, the United States and create mortgage-backed sausages as we call them on my whiteboard videos. <laughs> so so affectionately named. So what happens to the balance sheets that are involved? Okay, so this asset or this mortgage, this loan, goes from the bank's balance sheet straight over to the non-bank. All right, well, how does the non-bank pay for that? Well, they don't really give the bank any money. The bank does is they simply reduce the amount of money, and we're just using that term loosely here, as the, the amount of electronic currency units uh, that their ledger says that they own. So when the, and then the average Joe's balance sheet doesn't change at all. 
he still has that loan as a liability, but now the lien holder is the non-bank instead of the bank. And then he still, assuming he hasn't bought a house yet, still has those dollars as assets on his balance sheet. So after the transaction is done, the bank now just has bank reserves and the one deposit liability from the average Joe. And you say, oh, George, well, why would they do the traction? Well, the transaction, well, they make a little bit of a spread. So here they'd probably, this isn't perfect to scale. <laughs> they probably had a little bit of equity on the liability side of their balance sheet. Basically, they make a profit. But what we're really trying to focus on here is how this works, what happens to M2, and then most importantly, what happens to the balance sheet of the average Joe and the central planners. Klaus Schwab, assuming he is the puppeteer over some of these central banks like the Federal Reserve. I'll let you be the judge. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Moving to the next part of the transaction. Now insert the Fed and insert quantitative easing everyone's favorite. So the Fed's on the left and currently to start this transaction, they've got treasuries as assets. They've got bank reserves as liabilities. As you guys know from watching my videos, those bank reserves are an asset of the commercial bank. That was this red dot or this red square above. And remember the bank after doing this transaction still has the dollar deposit liabilities. And that would be the average Joe. I just didn't put his balance sheet in there because it doesn't apply yet. Basically, he's still got the balance sheet that he had up here. And remember, the non-bank just has that loan. They started with dollars. In other words, M2 money supply. But now they just have this, this loan that they traded for. Okay, so then the Fed buys that mortgage-backed security in the process of quantitative easing from the non-bank entity. We'll just say that's the, the primary dealer if you want. So then what happens is this loan goes from the non-bank entity's balance sheet straight over to the Fed's balance sheet. So now on the asset side, they have the treasury that they began with and they have the loan. In other words, they have the average Joe's mortgage as an asset on their balance sheet. So let's just say for a moment, the Fed didn't do quantitative tightening or in the future when we have a central bank digital currency, the Fed is extending the credit because the average Joe's account is a liability of the Fed and not the commercial banking system. Then whenever the average Joe or the next generation of home buyers buys a house, 
who will hold the mortgage? The Fed. So if they default on the house, I don't know if they've got some crazy pandemic, let's say, and then the central bank doesn't come into the rescue, no one can afford their home payment, they default on the mortgage, and who gets the house? Well, whose ever balance sheet has those mortgages as an asset? Oh, right. That would be the central bank and the Federal Reserve, i.e. the central planners, i.e. the authoritarians, i.e. potentially the useful idiots of Klaus Schwab and the global elite. Now, in let's continue with the transaction. So Fed, now, how do they buy the mortgage in the first place? Well, bank reserves. And this would be the exact same thing under central bank digital currency. The Because they would uh, increase the amount of dollars the average Joe had. But now these bank reserves, instead of just being base money, would now be base and broad. <laughs> if you want in the same. So, so you've got an additional uh, bank reserve on the liability side, i.e. base money. And that's how, or broad, in the case of the central bank digital currency. And so now on the asset side, they got the treasury, they've got the mortgage-backed security. Now on the bank's balance sheet in this transaction, they now have, in where they started with a, a mortgage-backed or mortgage and a bank reserve, now they've got two bank reserves, but they still have two deposit liabilities, the exact same two deposit liabilities that they had to begin with, one for the non-bank, one for the average Joe. So the amount of M2 money supply has not changed. It went up here when the mortgage was created. It went down when the non-bank bought from a bank, and then it went back up when the Fed, a bank, basically bought from a non-bank entity. But what's most important here is, is you know, not really the increase or decrease in M2 money supply, but it's the fact this mortgage went from the bank's balance sheet straight over to the Fed. And in the future, if 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 they implement a central bank digital currency or what I like to call a central bank ledger system and software, then what will happen is the Fed would most likely extend that loan to begin with. Now, I think the loan originator would still be the bank, but the uh, the loan itself would instantly become an asset of the Fed and those additional currency units would be a liability. And the main takeaway here is that let's say the Fed is doing 100% of the lending in the economy. Well, that means that the 100% of the mortgages moving forward would be on the Fed's balance sheet. So if people default, they can't pay their mortgage, then all those homes, the ownership of those homes would go from the homeowner straight over to the Fed, central planners, authoritarians. This is one way. And then all you have to, then it's super easy. Once you get everyone's mortgage onto your balance sheet, then all you have to do is create some crisis, let's say, or take advantage of some crisis by not doing quantitative easing or not propping up the system that is so fragile because of what you created. Then all of a sudden, all of the homes go onto your balance sheet. And that's how the average Joe owns nothing. I don't know that they'll be happy, but that's how they own nothing. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. See you in the next video.